0: Now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and Fool. 40 Acres and a Fool. It's been so long, I can't even pronounce the uh, title of the show.
1: Yeah, I know. I was just thinking about that right before we started. I was like, I'm not too sure I remember what our exit line is other than make (laughs) stuff. So there you go. But
0: yeah, it's been quite a while. Sorry about that. It has been quite a while. And we should um, uh, announce up front that it is our intention that this is going to be the last 40 Acres and a Fool. And we'll get to that in a minute. This does not mean we're going away entirely. Um, But the reason for our absence is kind of twofold. Primarily, our lives have just become incredibly busy. Yes, very very. Um, You are now working a second part time job. Yep, uh, nights nights. and Saturday mornings. I'm working at a bakery. And you love it? I do.
1: It's it's like it's like a kid in a candy store. I love to bake and I love to make things for other people. And you know, cooking has always been my love language kind of thing. So for me, I get to go in, I get to mess around with ingredients and create things and i'm and all my everything i'm making is from scratch so it's been a lot of fun
0: and uh so that's taken up you know a a lot of our podcasting time yeah um also you're homeschooling now both kids right
1: we were doing the the school system here had voted to do the first marking period virtually and um first kid uh five wanted to go ahead and just try to do it that way but she just was really hating sitting in front of a computer and it was just a lot of issues so we oh yeah so she's um doing the program that we've always had it set up with her brother through with book shark uh which is very good and then they're also doing integrated physics and chemistry which sounds like way more difficult than it is because this is like a a less mathy version of the program and that was um can't remember if, if anybody's interested. Send us shoot us an email and I'll, I'll send you what the curriculum name is. But yeah, so far so good. She's like nine weeks behind, but it's good. And they they come in shifts, so um, we start off with Kid Ford because he's an or earlier morning person and he gets up and gets his stuff done. And then uh, then Kid Five comes down and she gets her stuff done. So yeah, mm-hmm. and it's all literature based, so it's really good. She's probably going to get a better education <laughs> this year at home, to be honest.
0: Uh, but that has also added to the business, As have yes. you know, it's just been. A, a lot of stuff going on, and then uh, a lot of the stuff that's been going on has uh, honestly been, um, you know, we try to keep this a positive, light, you know, kind of show, and it's not been no. a positive and light fun time no, uh, here lately. We, no. and, and those of you who, you know, follow me on Twitter or follow Missy on Instagram and Corny Goat Farm, uh, you know about our travails with the insurance company. I don't want this program to turn into a half hour of us just complaining every week. And there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of complaining lately, um, get
1: on here and vent, act like buttheads.
0: Exactly. So, you know, because of the irregularities of our posting schedule, um, I feel bad. I feel like I'm not, and we're not necessarily upholding, uh, you know, our, our part of the relationship with the blaze. So, um, my plan is to, uh, move over to the Patreon. Uh, which is patreon.com slash cam edwards and we'll be doing at least one show a week uh tentatively titled the near frontier this will be sort of a guy you know i also foul feel language. like after well that's 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 you and i oh but you know when you can join me okay then it'll be a foul language
1: <laughs> when you can't
0: it'll be a near frontier there we go there might be another uh, random camdom uh you know podcast just talking about various uh, stuff going on uh politically or culturally uh we'll make that available you don't have to pay for it um if you do want to subscribe we'll make it available to you a little bit sooner than you can get it uh if you don't want to subscribe so you can you can continue to find us at patreon.com slash cam Edwards i do want to thank chris cruz of the blaze and glenn beck and everybody uh, at the blaze network for you know keeping us on and being patient with us but uh uh, given the sporadic nature of what we've been over the past few months, I just felt like, you know, it's appropriate to to start to wrap things up here. And I really don't feel like I feel like we've kind of outgrown the initial appellation of the fool. Um, you yeah, know, we're, we're not we, too
1: terribly foolish we're anymore. We're
0: not too bad anymore. We've kind of grown, I think, beyond the the fool stage.
1: Um, we butchered 200, two hundred, two four hundred pound <laughs> hogs last Saturday with a, a lot of help from a friend, but. We, we did a lot of work.
0: Yes. Uh, all hail Val, yeah. our, our friend who came over to help us. And uh, But that was a chore. I mean, w- so I was anticipating the hogs being closer to like 250 pounds. And I based that solely off of uh, when I was cleaning the pig pen out a couple of weeks ago. They're pushing up against me uh-huh. and so i'm basing it just on how much they were pushing they probably weren't pushing nearly as hard as no, i could i thought they were eating you exactly uh so yeah so i thought yeah about 250. now no. closer to 450. yeah um the good news is they're in our freezer yes everything <laughs>
1: got done over the course of two days right
0: but it was the second hog was much easier than the first hog
1: I'm not even going to give you the gory details of the no, first No, we'll,
0: we'll, we'll leave the gory details alone. But suffice it to say that the hog ended up in the most inopportune spot. Yeah. You know, like the most inconvenient place in the pig pen in several inches of mud. Yeah. that had We had to drag it out by hand. It being now 400 to 450 pounds instead of 250 pounds. Dead weight. So <laughs> we're standing in the mud uh, pulling... Yeah, you know, we've got ropes that are basically we cut a uh, uh, you cut a slit in the rear legs near the tendons.
1: Because usually you'd want to hang it with a gambrel, but we couldn't because this was too darn heavy.
0: Right. So we did not have any ropes. This was, I guess, this was a foolish moment. We didn't have any ropes, so we ended up using goat leads. Yeah, two, <laughs> go- two leashes. We you know slid through the uh, the the opening in the back legs.
1: It actually worked out um, well though because they're heavy duty.
0: No, it did, and they they had straps. so yeah. you could you know <laughs> hang on to it. But we're pulling this hog out, and we're you know in two inches of muds. So every step we take, we're sinking down, and we're getting stuck. Yeah. Uh, finally, get it out far enough that we can hook the uh, leads onto the trailer hitch on Val's truck,
1: and then she just gets stuck. Which in the mud.
0: she then gets stuck because right because the ground is so soft because it had rained. Yeah. Uh, the day before, so yeah, it was this comedy of errors. But we eventually get it done yeah. and over the course of a saturday afternoon and most of the day sunday yeah i started
1: at 10 and i don't think we finished until four thirty.
0: yeah um we're able to you know butcher the hogs and you were excited because when we found out that our normal processor couldn't do it because they're they're booked up i mean like they are booked up through march already yeah um they are and,
1: booked up through march when i called them several weeks ago so who knows how far they're booked down
0: and i don't know what that's going to mean for the deer hunters this year
1: they're doing it themselves <laughs> right
0: because it seems like this is booked with a lot of cattle and a lot of hogs and they, a lot of you he know said
1: that they've had a lot more cattle this year and i think it's just because of the COVID and the meat prices yeah. and the problems with processes around the world Meat meatpackings place, people
0: are plants. buying their own stuff yeah. you know they're going mm-hmm. in on cow shares and um, they're kind of going the, the locally sourced route because yep. they're not sure what's going to be in the grocery stores, yeah. I think. And I, you know, I think you were seeing that play out. So that's why, you know, we end up having to do it ourselves. But, you know, you were concerned because um, you would really wanted to get a crown roast of pork.
1: And our butcher before, he didn't know how to make it. He didn't know that how that
0: to type. make it. But Val did yeah, know how actually, to make it. She
1: actually was a professional butcher for like 15 years when she le- used to live in Ohio. And. Um, her her grandparents were both in the industry. So she grew up with it. And it was one thing she said, she was telling me we were talking, she was she had always wanted to do that. And what was really great was like, so the first day was beheading, cutting the whole thing down into six, each one into six parts and getting it iced. And the next day was skinning and then doing all the cuts. And so what was really cool was she knew so many really neat cuts mm-hmm. and ways to get everything out that literally after processing Two four hundred something plus pound hogs. I only have about seventeen pounds of scraps. Yeah. For sausage, because right. we use a, we've got roasts. We ended up with eight hams, and yet yeah, do the math. These guys, one ham was forty pounds. Right. We don't need a forty pound ham in this house, so we cut the all, all those hams in half. And I might still cut them half down again for curing yeah. to, to to make for sandwich meat and stuff. But we've got that. We've got. I, I lost count of how many bellies. But so excited because yes, sixteen bellies. We. Maybe not that many because some of the belly meat ended up being part of some other parts, but okay. I think for the most part. But anyway, um, but we've got, you know, chops and ri- not ribs, but we've got, like, Western cuts. I mean, we've got just way more we've pork. we got,
0: like, riblets.
1: Riblets, yeah. We've got way more. Uh, and uh, the
0: tomahawk pork chops. Yeah, They're tomahawk pork like, oh, chops are awesome
1: looking. But, yeah, so we've got um, two pieces. So a crown rib is, uh, a crown roast is, like, 9 to 11 rib bones attached to the loin which is on the top, and generally you'll get those bone-in or bone-out chops, or you can get the whole loin roast. But in this case, so we've got nine, and we've got two, so you, you make a big, so one is like a tiara, but two is like so makes a whole circle. So
0: with the ribs sticking up as like the points of the crown. Right.
1: So the only thing I have to do, because right now what it is is a rack of ribs with a big giant pork chop attached to it, mm-hmm. so I'm going to have to uh, French it down and everything, but that's nothing in comparison to butchering a whole hog. So I'm like, woohoo! So yeah. So you're thinking about
0: it. that for Thanksgiving this year, right?
1: I think so, but I, you know, I finally perfected the turkey last year,
0: so I maybe know. I'll make it for
1: Christmas, and then then we'll do the turkey for Thanksgiving.
0: Okay. And keep it traditional. But uh, but yeah, you were a rock star. Val was completely impressed with your stamina as well as the quality of your work. Man, I was
1: exhausted. I I was. I it took me like I didn't feel like I got caught up in being. It took till Wednesday. I actually had to call out tired on Tuesday night because I just didn't think I was going to be able to... Because usually on Tuesday, I bake, I don't know, four or five... Big like 12 by 26 cake pans of something. I'm going to make an apple cake or the butter bars or brownies. Like I'm, I'm, so it's pick up, lift, pick up, lift. And I'm dealing with a lot of stuff. And I was just like, I don't think I can do it. I was so, <laughs> so tired on both Saturday and Sunday nights. I was just sitting there waiting for nine and 10 o'clock to come along so I could go to bed without waking up in the middle of the night and being screwed. So, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, so Wednesday night when you did go down, it, it was your birthday. Yes. So I ended up going down with Missy, e and we got uh, some of Farmville's finest sushi, which hold your laughter, because they're they're actually, it's a really good sushi place. like right. Not just good for Farmville, but it's a good. good sushi place. Yeah,
1: we've had good sushi up in the D.C. area. And the
0: North funny thing Virginia. was that when we moved here, the restaurant, which is called Shogun, was located in the same building as
1: bp gas station yeah so it, as was a, it
0: really was gas, gas station, station sushi. sushi like if you wanted to use the restroom you went into the gas station it you was a gas station restroom it
1: was pretty funny they are since have moved into their own beautiful building and are doing takeout so
0: yeah so we got sushi uh and we had a lovely little romantic dinner in the front window of the bakery I right? where
1: people driving by would have been like wait what i didn't think they did table service in there but yeah
0: uh and i was a good instagram husband yes and took a couple of pictures
1: yes so that was cool um <coughs> But yeah, double nickels. Ugh. Double nickels. Yeah, 5'5". Five, five. I'm fifty five. I know. Nickels. Yeah, it's so weird to think of. Oh. Hey, I, We did. We figured it out. We've been married for t- t- twenty three years. I have a thirty one four year old daughter. I had her when I was twenty one. Yeah, it all adds up. I'm just in denial. <laughs>
0: Uh, As far as the, uh, oh, I guess, you know, so we've got goat updates. Uh, All of the babies are gone.
1: Yes, even the yearling from last year got sold. And again, thank you to Valerie, because she listed them on some goat-selling website. And not only did this woman come over to buy two of Twilight's girls, and they're mostly uh, Nigerian dwarf with some seinen, um, but when they got here, her husband fell in love with uh, one of the little – or Weather, one of the little boys that we had. Monty. Monty. And he just was like, oh my gosh, but we didn't catch him. So I said, well, we can do this tomorrow, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and grab him and we'll put him in a box. You guys can come by anytime. So yeah, he they came by the next day. So it was really funny. But I was just like, you can have him. Like we were just yeah, going to eat him. So right. like, you, you, you want to have him as a pet? So they were thrilled.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad that they got to stay together, too, yeah, which was nice. Like,
1: cause, yeah, because they've been growing up. I mean, the- And we haven't
0: heard from them, so they must have taken, yeah. you know.
1: Uh-huh. At this point, I'm like, I don't know. What goat? <laughs> I didn't tell you any crazy goat. No.
0: But, so we just have the, the grown girls. The four of them. Uh, we're going to keep them over the winter, and we're going to see how life is in the spring. Mm, yeah, um, whether or not we're
1: going to go ahead and breed them or not well
0: so we need to breed them probably around now right but now but the thought was you know if we don't milk them in the spring that would be three years of not milking them and at that point they're probably not dairy goats so yeah. we should probably just get rid of them yeah. and, and sell them off but
1: we'll see what happens
0: next uh, but we still might you know get them preggers yeah. so that they can have babies so we, if we want to milk them it's an, it's an option right you know um but uh we're not going to do pigs next spring. We're going to we're going to at least wait a year uh, to do pigs again. Um it's just, you know, so from the get-go this was different than how we have raised pigs in the past cuz we've always had them out in Electronet and we've moved them around they've had fresh stuff to nibble on and we can tell when it's time to to move them because, you know, they've eaten everything up. Right.
1: They, they, um, they actually, the first batch of pigs that we had here, we actually used um, one of those chain link dog kennels. We bought two of them <laughs> and joined them together, and we had, like, five or six hogs in there, and we would just drag the whole fence yep. thing over to a grassed-in area, and they rototilled my whole garden. Yeah. Basically. Pigotilled, I guess. Yeah.
0: But, over the course of the year, they really tore that... Kennel up, but but it worked. I but mean, they, it worked, it worked great. <laughs> right. And then we switched to Electronet. But this year, again, you know, it was just it was one of those things that it never happened. So they ended up just being in a pin the entire time, which is fine. I mean, listen, as big, far big, as the big
1: heavy fencing, and
0: they couldn't get loose, right? So that so was, it was a good
1: thing. It was shaded; they didn't get too much sunshine. Yeah,
0: but and they're I mean, they're massive. You know, listen, they're the way bigger was, than delicious oh yeah i mean it's you know it it, it worked i'm not We've saying the end result was any worse but but i do like them being able to to roam around yeah
1: i know i like pasture pork but these tasted great really good very healthy no issues on the organs um a lot of times you can tell how the healthy they are on the inside this is a nice good combination of the dark red and the pale pink pork that we all grew up with and the pork chops were oh my gosh they're just amazing um but yeah we I. I My grill is out of order right now because I have to buy a couple more parts and get it fixed up. But um, I broiled them and, I don't know, like three to four minutes a side. But somebody was like, oh, don't you cook that to 165? And I'm like, y'all need new... Um, meat charge because that's like my grandmom's thing that's why you ended up with dead ass pork and no one liked it so much so yeah just 145 Mm -hmm. is really where you want to go with that
0: okay is that way you don't overcook it yes so there you go so um yeah so we have fewer goats than the last time we talked we have probably fewer chickens than the last time i talked to because we had a couple that got snatched so we're down to six hens and a rooster uh and a rooster um, we're getting about two eggs a day right now. One of the Dominiques, the, the one Dominique that's left, um, had stopped laying for months. After and her sister got snatched. After her, yeah, it was like, it was. I think it was, you know.
1: She was traumatized.
0: Yeah. Uh, but she's recently started laying again. And she's very consistent. Almost I, I,
1: every day she lays a nice little pale
0: yeah. tan egg. And that was the case with her sister, too. So I'm impressed with Dominique's in terms of the consistency. Yeah. Uh, the Red Sex Link chickens are that we purchased. Exactly. And and that was the case the last
1: Yeah, I wasn't really batch.
0: impressed. I'm not impressed with Red Sex Links. I don't
1: think I'm going to get this breed again. No. I like the Rustic Ramblers. Mm-hmm. They have nice, big, dark brown, extra large size eggs. Dominique's are probably closer to a medium, but they give you more. So in the long run, you probably end up with about the same amount of egg.
0: Yeah, I right. think so. Yeah. So, you know, things are okay here on the farm um, it's the uh, the dreaded C word stuff that's been you know kind of a challenge as of late so yeah. uh, if you haven't been following along on uh, social media you can find us at uh, Corny Goat Farm on Facebook and then uh, Missy is at Corny Goat Farm on Instagram and I'm at Cam Edwards on Twitter I'm also at Cam Edwards on Instagram but and Facebook but I don't use it as not, much as I, I should that, yeah. I know and I need to be better whatever uh, anyway so the um treatment that missy has been on is no longer working
1: yeah we found that up on seven, september 15th that the, the tumors are still growing they're very slow but they are still growing rather than not right so there wasn't any reason to continue <coughs> that medicine which was a chemotherapy drug
0: so there are these two immunotherapy drugs that uh, have, have recently been used in um a trial for non-small cell lung cancer patients
1: who have who
0: have no genetic
1: right they don't have any genetic marker right? markers there. which There's is no M-Z. they it, haven't responded to the platinum treatment which is another thing right
0: um and so her doctor says you know he's genuinely excited about this like i think this you know could be good eating. for you uh, but the insurance company has refused to approve it uh we were just told we got it we we thank you to everybody who you know retweeted my tweet to cigna uh, we were able to get them to expedite our appeal but they denied our appeal so yeah uh, as things stand now uh, our doctor is pursuing a level two appeal
1: we also have an application in with the drug company to see if we qualified for
0: compassionate, compassionate
1: use. use yeah so we'll see about that
0: um yeah, so we're not uh, without options, and then, you know, I so let, let's address this, because I've been asked so many questions about this. Uh, I've had a lot of folks ask, you know, can you start a GoFundMe? Will you do something? Can we help pay for it? And I'm going to let Miss E explain to you why she does not want to do that, because I've had this conversation with her uh, and was told in no uncertain terms yeah. that that is not something that that you want to pursue at this point.
1: Well, no, because okay, so first off, in way back in February, when I had an immunotherapy slash chemo treatment, the immunotherapy drug itself made my... That that visit was over $30,000. Yes. $30,000. One treatment. I was supposed to be getting that every two weeks. And... I would go for six months because my insurance company won't pay for ct scans closer than that so yeah do the math and i'm pretty sure there's no GoFundMe me from wherever that's going to be able to help us pay for that so what's the point i don't want people to just start sending us money that you know we'll use up and it'll be gone and then what's the point because it's not like we can keep affording to do that and what would be really horrible is if it actually started to work and we ran out of money then i'd be anyway so
0: well, if it started to work, they would have to have another fundraiser.
1: Yeah, but people get tired about giving charity, and that's a lot, a lot of money.
0: Well, that's a that's a worry that you know we could cross down the road. I don't think I don't think the worry of okay, well, what if it worked almost we ran out of money? I don't think that should stop you from from well, you know.
1: I just don't think it's gonna. It's no, it's just too much money to ask for. You know.
0: I I have that same concern too. No. But I'm I'm more willing than Missy is to let let people try. Yeah, well. No. Thank you.
1: That's all it's all fine and good. Um, so plus who knows, you know, the next thing I know is we'll get some like corporate sponsor gives us a lot of money and I have to name one of my tumors after them or get a tattoo on my <laughs> lung, you know, No, I'm not going there. So there you go. I
0: don't know. I'd probably get a tattoo on your
1: over here on top of the scar that i got from the surgery when they removed the first tumor
0: right so should we see about trying to get a little bit of your tattoo your tomato plant inked in while you're not on anything at the uh, moment
1: i don't know because i can't remember whether it was i was supposed to be 30 days six weeks or 60 days off of chemo before a tattoo artist would work on me and it hasn't been any of those it's been 30 days
0: it's been 30 days yeah so, but i think you'd be fine
1: no, I know. I'll talk to him about it. And maybe get some some sort of get some some of it done. It's going to take a long time and a lot of sessions.
0: I know, but you could at least get a little bit. If
1: I could get at least one tomato colored in.
0: Right. <laughs> something something that would pop. Something you know? one,
1: something on my arm like, "Look, I started the colorization process." <laughs> but right now, I, you know, it just it looks like a coloring book. I could just get markers and color in what I want and just wash it off later.
0: We uh we have not yet said goodbye to all of our tomatoes yet. We still have the Sun Golds that are producing like three or four tiny little fruits a day. They're still trying, but they're still going, and it's because yeah, we haven't had a freeze yet. October, yeah. Um, the uh, uh, once again, our slicers.
1: Yeah, that whole bed was a dud bed. I mean, bad enough that the goats kept getting in there and yeah. ruining things, and just we'd have a couple big green tomatoes and they'd eat them. But they just seriously, I got three three slicing tomatoes out of an entire bed that had like 10, nine, nine plants in it. So I was yeah. just like, not those two, no.
0: No, I think next year we're going to look for something that specifically is a prolific, yeah, you know, yield, an abundant yield because we've gone the last two years We've never really had a good slicer year, honestly. No. Now that I think about it, we've
1: had a good pace and a really we've had great cherry years. And this year, we only planted three types of cherry tomatoes, and the Sun Golds did the best. Mm-hmm. The Sweet Millions didn't do so great. They started to get, come popping up, but they were way longer to develop than the Sun Golds, even at cherries. Like you think it wouldn't have taken as long for them to get their crap together.
0: Yeah, I think if besides the Sun Golds, which are our staple uh, cherry tomato every year. I think next year I would go back to either the bumblebees, yeah, or the like tigers. the or the tigers. Yeah, yeah. I like
1: them because they're fun and they're not. So they, they're not as sweet. I love the the sun because they're sweet, but sometimes they're just too sweet to eat with other things. Like it's kind of like eating a cherry with lettuce if you have it in your salad. Right. And sometimes you get the wrong combination of uh, dressing in there, and all of a sudden it's like bah, this doesn't work really well. I tried to put them in a breakfast burrito. And it's just too sweet. Pops, you know, the the mm-hmm. pops of of tomato were just too sweet with the eggs and the sausage and cheese. So, you know, lesson learned. But yeah, I think we'll go with. I like the bumblebees and the tigers, and um, oh, we had all those little like we never what we didn't do this year that we've done previously is we've done the saladettes, which are. Bigger than grapes and smaller than slicers. Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe we can come back with some more of those Vernissage, because a couple of those did really well. Yeah, and you're I right. I like those. I
0: like those, too. I'm just, yeah, I, I'm, you know, now we've got a few years experience of like, okay, well, what has worked for us? What have we gotten a lot out of? And then what has not? And you're right. The Vernissage is yeah, another, really well. and they're a little bit bigger. I mean, they're, they're not cherry.
1: Yeah, there's, they're called Saladette. They're small enough like, maybe an inch and a half, two inches across. Mm-hmm. So they're bigger than a cherry, but they're smaller than a tomato. They're, they're perfect for putting in a salad. And they come in different fun colors.
0: But I'm, I'm curious for the audience, um, if you have any recommendations for good, prolific slicing tomatoes, Yeah. Uh, you can email us. We're going to keep the email address, 40 gmail at gmail.com. Yeah, I still respond to that. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll be talking about it uh, on uh, patreon.com slash edwards on the... Uh, the near frontier show, or foul language, or whatever. I haven't worked it all out yet, but we're gonna be doing stuff there.
1: We did get two batches of tomato wine so far going.
0: Yes, we do.
1: And, and then we were just using cherries, the Sun Golds, mm-hmm. and they're a sweeter. So this year's version of wine might be a little bit sweeter. It's definitely more orange than last year's, but there's yeah, it's still got a like we've got one batch going in a glass carboy now that I have to rack into smaller bottles, and then I have to move the one in the fermentation buck into the carboy. But there, it's like a pale orangey-peachy color right now. Mm-hmm. So that ought to make an interesting wine. Whereas last year's tomato wine looks like a urine specimen.
0: <laughs> it's very yellow. But it but tasted it good. We gave good. a bottle to Val as part of our thank you, yes. and uh, and she liked it. Yeah. And yeah. she said it was strong. It is strong.
1: Uh, yeah, it is pretty strong. It's, it's got a, it's, it's it's got got a,
0: a kick. kick to it. I mean, listen, for, for wine made out of tomatoes, I know. you know, no, it's not going to be... A $200 bottle of wine nope. is made from tomatoes. Right. It's booze made from tomatoes. It's <laughs> booze you can make in your backyard. I mean, you really, come on. That's the selling point. It really it, is the selling point. And, and it's drinkable. Um, I think I
1: got the, the, beginner, the fruit winemakers startup kit for less than $50, $60 bucks from like Midwest Supply. And it comes with the plastic bucket and all the chemicals you need to make, I think they said, at least 50 bottles of wine. At a fruit wine, and then I saw on the internet some farm family was doing like a um, a boysenberry wine, mm-hmm. and they were bottling it in mason jars. And I thought, well, that's brilliant. All you just have to do is make sure that you fill it all the way to the tippy top and screw it closed, and you're right. great. So I've got them stored, and I don't need to have. I didn't have to buy a bottle capper, and I didn't have to you know go out and buy wine bottles. We have a lot of mason jars.
0: <laughs> yes. So yes, we have tomato wine in mason jars, and uh, it
1: sounds so WT. Yeah, boy,
0: it? it really does. <laughs> it really does i think that's that's a pretty good uh, appropriate way to to end yeah uh this episode and i guess uh, this series of 40 acres and a fool at least on a, a regular basis started out eight years ago almost wow uh, seriously yeah holy crap january of 2013 having uh, just moved to the farm and having no idea of the adventures that would be in store for us mm. uh, you have been with us through the highs and through the lows and through the thick and through the thin and through the um, gaps in our recording schedule. (laughs) And I hope that you will uh, move over to patreon.com slash camedwards and continue our journey with us uh, because we really do appreciate you being along for the ride. So we will uh, talk again very soon. But until then, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And make stuff. We'll see you soon with something (laughs) that's not called 40 Acres and a Fool. Right. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.